Hey everyone, welcome back to Facially Conscious with myself, Trina Renee, esthetician, and Rebecca Gadbury, the cosmetic ingredient guru, highly acclaimed educator, and award-winning journalist. She is the cosmetic industry leader. We are gathered here together with you to talk about this crazy world of aesthetics. It's confusing out there in this big, wide world. That's why we're here, to help explain it to you all, subject by subject. We will be your go-to girls, and from our perspective, without giving medical advice, we will keep things facially conscious. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. How are you today? Hello, Rebecca. How are you doing? Hello, Trina. Hello. Uh, we are here today to take a deep dive into some sunscreen ingredients and questions that we didn't hit on the last episode. So for those of you who like a little bit deeper information, we are here today to talk about it. So I wanted to start with... Um, the three main ingredients that most people see out there for sunscreens. Uh, I think the chemical one is called octinoxate. Excellent. You did it. Thank see? you. We were practicing before we started. <laughs> I had to use that. What's it called where you break the word up? I don't remember, but it's octinoxate. <laughs> octinoxate. And we'll have that in the show notes so you could understand when you see it. <laughs> yes. You know where they say something in a dictionary and they have the word and then they have the like how to s pronounce the word? O-K-T-I-N-O-X-A-T-E. Ta-da! <laughs> um, and then the other two are zinc and titanium, which are our, um, you know, uh, what are they called? Um, physical, physical sunscreens. Physical sunscreens, uh -huh. which uh, have been like the hype for the last several many years um, with people who want a more natural sunscreen and as of late have gotten like a little bit slammed and I'm not sure what's going on, but I was hoping Rebecca, you could uh, give us a quick overview on why it's getting um, some negative press, shall we say? Well, first of all, if you want a natural sunscreen, there are no natural sunscreens mm -hmm. that are allowed by the FDA in U.S. products, including zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. Which are minerals. They are minerals, but they are chemically altered mm -hmm. to make them more potent and less harmful to the body. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, zinc is a different mineral than zinc oxide, as you can hear. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and titanium dioxide simply means that there's two oxygens combined with a titanium molecule, titanium dioxide. Mm. So, and di means two. So we've got different than we find in nature. They have been chemically altered, meaning that they've just been put together in a laboratory or under a chemical process, and that's all it means. But the reason that they're getting bad reps or wraps or whatever is because, for instance, on octinoxate, uh, it is the most popular sunscreen in the world, but it also, about 10% of all users have an irritation response mm. to it. So we've come up with other sunscreens that are less, less ir irritating, 
and or not irritating at all. And so you'll find some of those in your sunscreens like uh, homosylate and octocrylene, oxybenzone. Uh, we'll talk about those in relationship to coral reefs in a little while because they're some of the the bad players that have been determined to work with coral reefs. But I have a different opinion about coral reef issues, so we'll mm. go deeper into that. Titanium dioxide uh, was found in the bloodstream, and so has uh, micronized or nanoparticles of zinc oxide. Mm -hmm. uh, usually there's not a problem when we find something in the blood. It's simply excreted out the urine. Uh, and if you see, oh, this ingredient was excreted in the urine, well, that's a good thing because it means that even though it penetrated, it wasn't retained in the body. So mm. you don't have to worry about it. But as far as zinc oxide as a nanoparticle, meaning that it's really tiny and it goes on sheer and invisible and you don't you can't see any cast to it at all on the skin. Uh, that means it's going into the skin and going into the bloodstream. Right, because the reason we used minerals sunscreens was because they sat on the surface sat on and the they, surface. they were too big a molecule to penetrate. Right. So you're saying that they've made them so small to try and make them disappear on the skin so you don't see that white right. film. And that's what's getting into the bloodstream. Right. But and is it then dangerous? they can be picked up in cells oh. because they're so small. And when they're picked up in cells, they can start to cast off certain free radicals in the cell that can alter the the uh, genetics or the DNA of the cell and we wind up with problems. So the micronized version is going to show a little bit when you put it on, but after a minute or two, it'll go invisible, it'll disappear. So that's what you want to look for with zinc oxide, something that goes on a little visible but disappears, as opposed to something that goes on sheer from the beginning. I see. Okay. As far as titanium dioxide is concerned, it's been detected in the bloodstream when tattoos are applied with titanium dioxide. And so when this was first detected, they thought that titanium dioxide would also be picked up in um, uh, applying in sunscreens, but it isn't. It's too large of a molecule. Wait, so they use titanium dioxide in tattoo mm -hmm. ink? Tattoo ink, uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. There's also titanium dioxide that's used in paint, so is zinc oxide, and in other... Um, products in our environment, and they get put into the water supply. And they're so small, or they used to be so small, you'd, they'd make it through water purification, and people would drink them. So we were also finding them in the body that way. Mm -hmm. But our purification systems have been improved, and so that doesn't happen anymore. So what's this you were talking about, um, the ingredients with the is it killing the coral reef, or what's happening with that? Well, about 10, 12 years ago, maybe longer. It's hard for me to remember back that far. <laughs> um, there was a study that was done on coral in a confined environment, basically in large aquariums. And they found that if you put octocrylene or octo... Uh, uh, What's the one? The octanoxate that octanoxate. we were just talking about? Yeah. In there, in, in a limited and confined environment, it had an effect on the corals and the corals died. But when you put it in the ocean, 
it's not the same. You're just putting a little bit in, even if everybody that day that ran into the ocean had those chemical sunscreens on, it doesn't affect the coral. It's it's too diluted. Mm. What is affecting the coral mm-hmm. are climate change, uh, especially with the oil industry. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, the, the soil runoff, you know, from agriculture using pesticides and fertilizers, that definitely affects the coral. And then overfishing. Now, those are all three big industries, and they are part of what's promoting this concept that sunscreens kill coral reefs because it's easier to force us to change than it is to get them to change. Mm. So I just kind of have a question there. I haven't seen any clear data at all that is scientifically based. In Mm. other words, a study was well put together uh, as far as science is concerned that shows that any sunscreen affects the coral reefs. Okay, so that's kind of um, just a thought out there that's being pushed around. Right, by (laughs) you-know-who. Moving on. Um, So uh, Check for the bomb under your car when you get in the car. Okay. (laughs) So what is uh, silicones in sunscreen? I've heard that, that, that there's some sunscreens that have silicone in them? A lot of sunscreens do. And the reason that we put silicones in sunscreen. What is it? What is a silicone for the public? A silicone is an easily spreading ingredient that, that improves the spreadability of products. Uh, and like dimethicone. Dimethicone. Is a silicone? Right. Uh-huh. Um, you might see something called cyclopentasiloxane. Whenever you see siloxane, you're looking at a silicone. Whenever you see uh, dimethicone, whenever you see cone, you're looking at a silicone. And okay. I think that they use them a lot in primers, right? Like yeah, sunscreen primers because it glides on the skin. It kind mm-hmm. of feels a little greasy when I originally... Uh, started using when primers came on the scene and um, I I hated the feel of them because I felt like it was like this almost like a greasy feeling right which you then get used to and it does go into the skin nicely, it evaporates but... it doesn't go into the skin oh it just evaporates so the like the cyclopenosiloxane or the siloxane group mm-hmm. the cyclo groups they evaporate mm. kind of like they're kind of like fragrances that evaporate they turn into a gaseous state and they evaporate mm. leaving what's behind feeling like it penetrated the skin it's still sitting on the surface of the skin silicones don't penetrate the skin they're too large of molecules what they do is they allow the even spreadability of the sunscreen ingredients so you don't get splotches of protection like you do with the old-fashioned sunscreens. It evenly applies it so you get an even protection of the sunscreen over your skin as you put it on. If it feels really greasy when you put it on, wait a couple of minutes and it'll feel soft. I also find that it fills in very fine crepiness on the skin. Certain and silicones also, do. Yeah, yeah but not like all fine of them. lines yeah. and also... Yes. Not all of them do that. No, and the ones in silicone in uh, sunscreens don't do that. So basically, silicones are used in sunscreen as a spreading agent. Exactly. Okay. And it. it increases the SPF because if you're looking at the SPF and you need to see if it protects all over the skin and you're not using silicones or another spreading agent, then the SPF isn't going to be as high. 
Mm. So you can use less silicone or less sunscreen material and increase your SPF that way. Because it's spreading it right. more evenly. Right. And what about antioxidants in sunscreen? They're really good in sunscreens because when certain sunscreens, the chemical sunscreens that we were talking about in, in the sunscreen episode with everybody, uh, when they lower the, the UV energy to a heat energy, they also throw off free radicals. And so that has been... Uh, interpreted as causing aging or causing cancer because free radicals can lead to that. There's been no study that links sunscreens as causing cancer. None. It's all been theoretical assumption. You know, this is where my confirmation bias goes, so I'm going to believe that. Well, I haven't seen any studies, and I don't know any cosmetic chemist who has, because there are none. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what we do see is free radicals being produced. And so if you use an antioxidant like tocopherol, which is vitamin E, or uh, ascorbyl palmitate, or tetrahexadecyl ascorbate. They're going to go in the show notes, so don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think Taylor can spell those words. No, it's okay. <laughs> she'll find them. She'll, Just put she'll in text you. stable vitamin C, and I, I will know what we're talking about. So in the show notes, just look up stable vitamin C. I'll give you the stable vitamin Cs that are used in sunscreens. Uh, and, and also other uh, antioxidants. We'll list some out for you. Mm-hmm. They help to neutralize the free radicals, so there's no problem with them. Right. So, so so antioxidants, if you see that on sunscreen, it's all, it's like, oh, that's even better right. because it has those in it. So it's extra, a little extra protection uh, from free radical damage. Right. And antioxidants are? Uh, antioxidants neutralize free radicals to make them not dangerous. And free radicals are rogue molecules that go around attacking molecules in our tissues, our cells, uh, in between our cells, even our cell membranes uh, that cause damage that is aging and can cause cancer if you Mm -hmm. get enough of them. So using good antioxidants, stable antioxidants that are effective for that helps to neutralize the damage. Yes, and I tell people every day of my life that antioxidants are the best thing you can use on your skin to fight aging (laughs) because they protect you from all that free radical damage caused by sun and pollution. And pollution, yes. wine and all other kinds of things you do to your body. (laughs) Both wine and whining when you're under stress. (laughs) Except that the crazy thing is that wine produces resveratrol, and resveratrol is one of the biggest antioxidants. So why does wine... Uh, You'd have to drink 30 (laughs) glasses of of a dark red wine a day to get that amount of resveratrol. Your resveratrol that you need. So don't do that, by the way. Don't yeah, do not don't, don't do that. It's not <laughs> worth it. But take the resveratrol and put it on your skin, rather. Don't put wine on your skin, but put the ingredient resveratrol that's taken from grapes that make wine and put that on your skin. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you go with that. I, I just don't want to tell people out there to drink 30 glasses of wine no, or and to don't put rub wine, wine on your, on your yeah, skin either. Yeah, you'll turn skin. purple. 
<laughs> There's a funny story about that from Cleopatra. She, she, no, it wasn't. It was Marie Antoinette. You know, she'd have these big parties. At, I think she was at Versailles, and they would leave all of the glasses on the tables and wherever, and the dregs. You know, the clotty part of the the red wine, uh-huh. the solid part, would drop to the bottom, and then. Uh, the servants would go around to collect all of the dregs, and she would use that to bathe in. And that's where the resveratrol is. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Is that true? Yes, it is true. Did it help her? Well, she was a noted beauty. Now, whether I never saw her, so I don't know if, if she was or not. Didn't somebody used to, to bathe in milk, too? Cleopatra, uh-huh. because of the lactic acid right. in milk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if it's curdled, it's even better. Gross. I know. I just yeah. the smell. The things we do for beauty. Like that means well, could you just lay in a in a big, uh, you know, tub of uh, cottage cheese? <laughs> I think we're getting <laughs> off topic here. <laughs> okay. Anyways, back to uh, sunscreen. <laughs> okay. Um, so. I think we hit on most of the things that we were talking about, the sunscreen going into your blood, mm-hmm. uh, the coral reef situation. Oh, let's talk a little bit about sunscreens going into your blood. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have been picked up in the blood. FDA did some studies picking mm-hmm. up uh, especially the chemical sunscreens in the blood. The issue is the presence doesn't equal harm. So Mm -hmm. we don't know if it's harmful or not. If you don't want to wait for those studies to be done, then just stick to your physical sunscreen, zinc oxide and and, uh, titanium titanium dioxide, or stay out of the sun, or use the sunscreen clothing that Dr. Vicki was talking about in the last episode. Okay, cool. All right, well, I think that uh, rounds up our deep dive for today, and um, we will... See you guys on the next deep dive. We need some bubbles to be released like we're coming up from the bottom (laughs) of the ocean. (laughs) Coming up from our deep dive. (laughs) Maybe I'll have a sound effect at the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, everybody. We hope that this information has been useful. We're coming into the summer. So we really want you to pick the best sunscreens and to take as much sun precautions, especially with the little ones, as you possibly can. Yes. All right. Take care and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for joining. Bye. Bye. This podcast is so needed in the world right now. There's so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you Facially Conscious. You can find info we talked about today in our show notes and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Please subscribe, like, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find us. And if you have any questions or ideas, please send us an email at infofaciallyconscious.com. At